Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hi everyone, it's good to be with you tonight. Thank you for being with us. Uh, what's interesting about that clip is that, you know, he turns off towards Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, Anthony and I lived in Scottsbluff, Nebraska in 1986, and I promise you, it is like that. It is flat. And you've never seen so much sky in all your life because there's nothing other than flat fields and a whole lot of sky. Um, we also know what it's like to be in, um, in Colorado, in Aspen, because yes, you've got all your Rocky Mountains, etc. So that's quite interesting there. Now, we showed that because Anth did uh, mention last week about, you know, taking the first step is one thing, but how terrible if you take the first step in the wrong direction. You know, it can... Uh, cause a lot of trouble. And, but, but don't be too disheartened. We've all done it. Come on. How many of us have set off, off on a journey? Uh, I, I once remember Phil Craven. Now, where did he end up? Come on. He ended up in Manchester. Rochdale instead of Richmond. There you go. Now, I don't only just remembered that, Phil. I wasn't holding that against you, I promise. That just came to me this very minute. We'd all gone out for a trip. And suddenly we're saying, Phil, where are you? And he was in Rochdale instead of Richmond. Great, eh? So we all know, we've all done it. And uh, the truth is, we can all come back from those situations. And I want to just encourage you, right at this moment, please, if you feel right now I'm in a, a horrible hole... At least listen to what he says. Well, we'll just have to dig ourselves out, won't we? Come on, have it within you to say, let's dig ourselves out. So last week, we were looking at the how, which I thought was absolutely wonderful, of the AA um, uh, group that talks about honesty. Uh, the, the zero, the O, stood for open-mindedness, and the W stood for a willingness uh, to, to change. And, uh, you know, that was a, a great encouragement. And this week, you know, we feel that in the Christmas spirit, you've got a perfect example of the wise men who followed a star. Now, some of us would think, how crazy. You don't just follow a star that appears uh, in the sky. Or uh, there's something, some other things we're going to uh, bring to you tonight about what can, can arise in our lives that can actually be very loud and say, come on, follow me. And if we're only willing to do it, and when you think about it, it is the, the, the embarking on a journey into the unknown sometimes. There's nothing to prove that the way you're going is going to bring the right uh, answer, but it's a willingness to say, well, it's better than being stuck where I am. Because to to get something to move is always harder than to change direction of a moving object. And that's what we're trying to encourage you all to do here. Now, 
Just one little thing, we've got a full programme tonight, so we might run slightly over, and I hope you will just accept that tonight, because we have some good stuff for you, and we don't do it often. Um, But one thing I do want to say is when it comes to being led, uh, we are in a generation where we are becoming more and more independent. Uh, It's called the age of Aquarius. And in the age of Aquarius, people are no longer looking for a guru or somebody who is an expert with a a perceived knowledge that you go to and say, uh, you know, it doesn't matter that I don't know the answer, but you do. So what I'll do is I'll just follow, right? That was the, the, the age of the, the Piscean age is when you did that. But the Aquarius age, what it does, it tells us all to be our own gurus because we say, well, yeah, I can, I can listen to my own voice. I can listen to my own heart. And I don't want anybody tonight to think we're not telling you that that is okay. But what we have done is forfeited one thing for another rather than keeping a much wider understanding to say, I am willing to be led by those who might know a little bit more than me. And so what happens, we end up thinking that we can't submit ourselves to an authority of somebody who might have gone that direction or gone that journey and might have something to offer me to help me on my way. And I know we're going to talk uh, about that tonight. No, I've just lost where I am. So where am I? Yeah. So the wise men, and I'm going to talk about them later. You see, it's very, very strange that in this day and age, especially in the Christian church, to follow them would have been a no-no because they were astrologers. And I don't know about you, I was told, no, you don't follow the stars, you don't do this, that and the other. But if we look symbolically at them, what they were doing were willing to move out of their comfort zone because they saw something new and they were willing to uh, forfeit the comfort of their environment in order to pursue something. Now, you know, we're doing something very different here We've moved out of our comfort zone and, uh, you know, sometimes that can feel, feel very, very lonely and, and moving out in that, that direction. But what we do know is that it's always when you're willing to give up the familiar is when you can have an encounter with wonder. And so, enjoy tonight. Like I say, we might run over a little bit, but I'm sure you're going to be inspired. And that's what we want to do in this Christmas season We want you to follow the voice, follow the star, or at least follow something that's going to take you uh, and move you onward and upward. Thank you. There's one thing that I'm utterly and completely convinced about, and that is if, if the Christ were to come today as he did. So what I'm convinced about, if the Christ were to come today, whether in the same way or not as he did 2,000 years ago, he would be as unwelcome and as unrecognized within the group of people that claim to have built a system around his name that we call Christian. The problem was never that the Christ who came was not recognized 
by the masses of wherever and the cultures outside, the problem was, as, as John wrote in his book, he came to his own. Those who said that they were looking for him, those who said they would absolutely recognize him, that's who they wanted, and when he turned up, they didn't like him. I would propose to you that if Jesus turned up today, not as a first century Jew, but as some kind of 20th, 21st century Western person, that he would be no more welcome in what we call the church today than he was in what they called the church back then. And so what we're really talking about today is our willingness to be led and our willingness to, to get a hold of leading within us and, and, and want to intertwine my comments tonight with between Field of Dreams, which is the movie that we were just uh, watching on the Christmas story, and particularly this fascinating element uh, of the of the leading of the group that we've come to know as the wise men or the We Three Kings of Orientar, of which was interesting watching the kids at Riley School singing songs on Friday morning when it came to the traditional carol, had no clue what the heck those carols were talking about. Orientar... <laughs> is something to kids that you put on a road that comes from China. You know, it, it, it's just, you know, you listen to the language now and think, Lord, it's no wonder they don't connect. And, and, and you see, the problem is often we are not connecting with the generation at the point of their understanding and trying to drag them into something they can't see. And part of our journey as Q is to say how effectively can we connect and learn. We're still learning, but how can we learn to take, the, to take the, the mystery out of it in the language while bringing us to the mystery of the truth of what spirituality and God is all about. Now, now in, in the movie, this, this Field of Dreams that's starring Kevin Costner, uh, the lead character who was on there, who's raking cellar, is challenged as he hears a series of voices instructing him and leading him to build a baseball field where he couldn't, currently had a field of growing corn. And at the root of this was a voice that he heard saying, build it and he will come. You need to watch the movie if you want to get the full implications of this point. And I would recommend you do because it's a fabulous movie. But the point is that the voice was leading him somewhere and to something... The problem being that the full implications of where he was being led and what he was being led to and the impact and the benefit could not be seen at that time. All there was was the leading, the voice. All there was for a virgin girl was, you're going to get pregnant and that which is put inside of you is going to be called the Son of God. All there was to a guy called Joseph was, you need to marry this gal because something special is happening. All there was to the people we know as the three wise men was, there's a star, we probably need to follow it. See, it required a willingness to be led. And I wonder how willing you are to be led. I wonder how willing you are to be led by the voice within, because one thing I guarantee you about the voice within. It's never based on certainty. 
It's always based on faith. It's always calling you to where you are not yet. It's calling you to what you have not realized yet. It's always calling you to something. And we have become reluctant to be led, particularly in our Western consumerism where we can take care of everything and we don't really have to worry too much about tomorrow. The whole idea of being led from inside when we don't know where it is we're being led or alternatively actually be willing to be led by someone who maybe can put some sense in us is something we find really difficult. What I find interesting about this whole movie and Field of Dreams is not one of the voices was telling him to keep things as they are. Not one. Not a single voice. And I would say to you that if you think you've heard the voice, if you think you're following the leading and it's saying keep things as they are, I'll tell you right now, you ain't heard the voice. You're not following the leading. And wherever you want to put your pen in the pages of Scripture and find the story, you will always find the voice is never telling you to keep things as they are. The voice is always taking you to something that is changed. Each one proposed an action for a future fulfillment. And the whole essence of the mystery of the journey of faith is one that calls us to action for a future fulfillment. It, it gives us the truth of who we are, but the journey of where we're going is different. Now, I want to say this, and some of you need to listen, and I hope if people are not here who need to listen this, you'll tell them that I said this. Some of you think I'm the idiot who plowed a perfectly good field of corn to build a baseball field. I'm serious about that. Some of you seriously think I'm the idiot who pastored the rock and now leads Q who, who plowed a perfectly good field of corn to build a baseball field. And you're right. And all I can say is I empathize with you if you feel that, but I will not compromise. Now, there's an, er an inerrant cleverness within Scripture to me. I, I, I like the Bible. I love the Bible. There's a cleverness within, within the whole context of Scripture that, that, that we know as the Bible that, that engages with and within the culture that it's written about and who it's written to, but it's always saying more than the text appears to say. Any great spiritual writing is always saying more than the text appears to say. And, and the characters on stage during the epic event that we call the Nativity are all impacted by, by what we would call visitations. They, they saw something, they heard something, and were willing to be led by what it was that they saw and what it was that they, they heard. Just like the film gives us a kind of a modern parable of that. But of course, this meant that they encountered something very powerful and significant that they would not have encountered had they refused to be led. And that's the point of being led, and it's the point of leading. They were either led from hearing within, which happens, the voice within, or they were challenged to be led by listening without. The angels said, you need to go down to Bethlehem. So they were led from a voice without. The wise men were more led from a voice within from what they were seeing. But most of us, if we're honest, 
need to be led and need to be willing to be led and fool ourselves if we don't think that that's a need in our lives. And the result can be the unlocking of a beautiful, harmonious surprise as can be seen in our next clip from Sister Act. For those of you who've never watched Field of Dreams, it would be a good watch for you this Christmas. (laughs) Despite the fact it's about baseball, the underlying story is just so amazing and um, so connected to our own story here at Kew. Um, The frustration of Ray Kinsella was that he saw something on the scoreboard that he desperately wanted others to see. And he's looking around thinking, it must be obvious. Everybody must be seeing what I'm seeing on this scoreboard, and nobody was. And that can be a very lonely place when you know that you've seen it, but other people haven't. And then there's also the issue of those who may have seen it, but unwillingness, unwilling to acknowledge that they have seen it because of the fear of what it might demand of them if they declare that they've actually seen it. So I'd like some of you to understand part of the frustration of a journey like mine when I believe that we've seen something, but not everybody's seen it on the big scoreboard. And that's where sometimes not only the leading that we have, but being led becomes important. I love what, uh, I love what, um, what the guy who plays Terence Mann says there. He says, so you're kidnapping me. <laughs> because I need you to come with me, so you're kidnapping me. And um, I, I can appreciate that, that some of you might have felt that and might be feeling that, okay, and so you might have seen something you wanted me to go with you, so you're kidnapping me. And uh, I'm not. Um, if I could, I would. Because so am I committed to where I believe that it is that we are being led and and of course when you're being led by a voice that says build it and he will come when you haven't built it you don't see the coming bit until you have built it so there becomes a need to be led and to lead to say that when we build it he will come I believe that when we have done if we'll be faithful to what God is calling us to do here that he he will show himself within all of that See, I do get it as well that, you know, when I told you, some of you think I'm the idiot who's plowed the corn to, to build the baseball field. You see, see the, the corn was the security. She said, if, if you do this, we could lose the farm. You know, we're behind on our bills. It was the security. It was their income. And trust me, I know when you do this and we've plowed our cornfield to build the baseball diamond of the revelation that we feel we need to bring for him to come, that it's cost us security and it's cost us a lot of income as well, but we're still building it. There's also an issue we didn't show you on here that if you watch the movie, you'll see it, which is that Ray's brother-in-law couldn't see it. So they're watching this game on the baseball field that they can absolutely see in reality and Ray's brother-in-law can't see it. All he can see is you're being an idiot. 
You've wasted your corn crop. You're going to lose the farm. You're going to starve your family. He couldn't see it. But there did come a point where because he was led and something happened, that suddenly his eyes was opened and uh, he said, how long has this been here? And some people will always do that when you're on a process of revelation. They'll suddenly say, how long has this been here? Because you can't see it until you can see it. But that's the point, not only of this movie, but it's the point of the narrative of the Christmas story. You can't see it until you can see it. And in Matthew chapter 2, there's, there's the record of of these people we've called the wise men or, or, or the three kings. There's nothing to say that they were three kings. I think they were wise. But actually, the correct term, if you're going to use the original language, is the word magi. M-A-J-I. And, of course, that comes from a root word from which we get something called magic. And where a propagator of magic is someone we call a magician. See, the word magi does not come from any, any religious connotation as we would understand it. In fact, the description of these people seriously in the Bible, Matthew 2, these people seriously were first of all non-Jewish, they were Persian. Secondly, I could 99.9% .9 guarantee that they were Zoroastrian which was the Persian religion from 2,000 years before Christ ever turned up in Persia, which if you want to know what Zoroastrian is, go and Google it. Google will help you with that one. But it wasn't Judaism and it wasn't the God of the Jews as they would understand the God of the Jews. And what's also interesting is that these men were not astronomers, i.e. people who sit in somewhere like Jodrell Bank and studied the moon and the stars. They were astrologers. And you all know what astrologers are. Astrologers are those people who write the page in your paper that gives you the thing for each month that you were born that reads the stars to hopefully tell you something about your life and your future. All these were things that I were told were a no-no. God would not smile upon them. God would reject all this. God would resist all this. But you see, here's the problem. It would appear that a bunch of Persian astrologers were more tuned into what was happening at the time of God being made flesh than the whole religious community. And it's still the same. They were the ones prepared to make the journey to find the truth. Now, if you read the story, they turn up where they thought would be the obvious place of birth, which, of course, was the palace in Jerusalem, only to be told there's no baby here. But all the religious people who knew the scriptures were able to tell them all the scriptures say the bible says in bethlehem of judea blah 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 but how many of them were going to bethlehem in judea how many of them were bothering to actually seek the one who was the king that would upset the system that they were all in and might cost them their job and might cost them their career and might cost them their favor with the king herod so they didn't do anything about it, but these, these Persian Zoroastrian astrologers who would be rejected still were the ones prepared to make the journey to find truth. It seems to me that religious people have an aversion to their truth being questioned or challenged. 
And one of the reasons when you pursue this direction as a church, you get smaller first rather than larger is because in that early phase, religious people have an aversion to their truth being questioned or challenged. Don't plough down our cornfield for a stupid idea of building a baseball diamond. Now, because we're not building a baseball diamond, but we are building something and somewhere for people to come to in order for some to be inspired and triggered within their hearts that connects them to the God of creation. There seem to be a lot of journeys embedded in this story based on nothing more than a willingness to be led. The Mary story, you see, is more about the willingness to say, let it be to me as you have said, than it is about us, about us struggling or wrestling with can a virgin have a baby. That's actually not the point. The point is the words that say, let it be to me as you have said, the willingness to be led, the willingness to see. And so these, you've got that right through the story, not going to do all of them, whether it's the shepherds turning up, you know, the, the angel, angelic revelation to shepherds on a hillside saying, here's what you need to do, guys. Don't miss it. And it says, so they left their flocks and went to see whether this was true. There was a curiosity that was greater than the security that they had in preserving the status quo. You see what I'm saying? So this is why I said these two stories are tied together, a willingness to be led, because there are journeys within the story, the willingness to see a star, and if you follow the story, for two years these guys journeyed, following that star, because they believed. They believed. And it led them to a revelation that changed their lives. Don't be afraid of or resistant to the journey that brings you to the truth. Please don't. I'm not trying to kidnap you, but I am trying to convince you. Don't be afraid or resistant to the journey that brings you to truth. Open your eyes. Open your ears. Let down your guard. Let go and decide to go. And be willing to go the distance. There's no half measures. You have to be willing to go the distance. Ray couldn't keep the corn and have the baseball field. He had to make a choice. And he could have kept the corn and everybody would have thought, what a wise decision. This is amazing. He's a good Iowan farmer with a cornfield. But instead, what the story indicates is that thousands from everywhere at the end of the story come to what he has built because it changes their life. Build it and he will come. They build it and he comes. I won't tell you who he is. Watch the film. And then build it and they will come and the people come. And at the end, the going the distance meant that people were changed. Don't hang on to the cornfield, because we're not. Help us in the plowing and the building. Don't resist the star. Follow the star. Don't fight the voice. Hear the voice. And in doing that, you will be drawn to the revelation of word made flesh. God incarnate, 
one with us, which is what this wonderful Christmas story is all about. If you build it, he will come. If you go the distance, you'll find the one that you're looking for. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.